Welcome to Mayak Innovatsi, the podcast dedicated to innovation from Ukraine to the world. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mayak Innovatsi, Ukrainian Pitch. I am Dominique Pionet. I'm super happy to be with you guys and, uh, to introduce you to all the cool uh, girls and guys who are uh, building the tech ecosystem of Ukraine in Ukraine and in the world and to show you and to share with you how wonderful this ecosystem is doing. One of the things that has always been important for us is to share with you how resilient this ecosystem is, how even with the war, this ecosystem is still growing, entrepreneurs are still working, their businesses are still growing, they are raising money and today we have a, a, a really good example of that someone that was with us recently in the show Ivan Konov Ivan is a co-founder of uh, the fintech company Finmap since we were together on the show I think a month and a half ago some great things happened I don't know if it's because of the show but I'm sure it's because of you guys Ivan it's really nice to have you back in the show how are you my friend hi 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 everyone actually happy to be here doing great it was a very hot summer in terms mm-hmm. of work and blend so yeah, I can find the mobilized officer. So doing lots of the work on the battlefield. Today we're gonna speak about some interesting stuff that we are doing in the military tech, defense tech. And and that was already amazing for me uh, last time we discussed. But you are in the military. You are engaged. How how are you? How is it going? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's super hard. And I'm sure you cannot tell us a lot. I'm adaptive. I'm fine. You know, like this uh, Rose from the Friends TV show. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love your humor, your sense of humor. I think this is one of the things that, that really saved you. Do you want to start talking about military tech or do you want to start to talk about FinMAT first and your achievements? Because I have some numbers in front of me and they are pretty impressive. I mean, you are at... More than 80K in MRR, MRR, you've raised money. You're still raising money. And actually, hurry up, guys, because you're doing a 1 million bridge and there's only 180K left. Give us some news about about, about FinMap and, and, and where you are since our last conversation. Fundraising all the time in terms of mm-hmm. what we want to be uh, transparent with our investors and our future investors have to know all the traction we have yeah currently FinMap is still growing in lots of different countries and we have successful uh, results on different markets which i could not disclose it will be in the next report it's because of the brilliant team of uh, first of all my co-founder alex who is doing all mm-hmm. the job i'm currently not in the FinMap uh, operations mm-hmm. But I'm helping mm-hmm. on what I can uh, by mm-hmm. some suggestions, being on strategic sessions, and helping some employees to not to be not burned out. To to remind our our, our listener, you you basically so FinMap is a real time cash flow management tool, right? So you help SMEs who would not have access to that type of tool without you guys managing better their cash flow, and so potentially saving money, making better decisions, and how to allocate their funding, right? I'm, I'm, I'm correct, right? Yeah, absolutely. Second part of how FinMap is growing is the focusing mm-hmm. on the marketing on a really deep level. So we mm-hmm. know our customer really well on each country and each even uh, country part. There are different messages working more, working better in different parts of the country and different um, business areas and so on. So yeah, basically we're doing cash flow management tool for mm-hmm. uh, is to help them mm-hmm. not to lost money and be aware mm-hmm. of 
uh, operations. So how is the t situation for your team during this, the war right now? I mean, are you still, so you manage to still growing, you manage to still manage the business. I mean, it's pretty amazing. How, how is the team going? First half year of the full-scale invasion, that was a tough one. Grab all the team and reshaped it in terms of their mindset. And that's, that's a new reality. Let's work with this one. They are doing uh, even more results than before the war. Yeah, we like accept that that's our new reality and we have to work mm -hmm. with all the physical hardships like no electricity or internet just can be solved as other one. That's all. Do you want to talk about military tech? Yeah, because uh, honestly, I think this is uh, probably one of the biggest um, surprise of this full-scale invasion is is the world is discovering that Ukraine is a huge tech country with a huge experience in many different things. People forgot that Sikorsky, the guy who created the helicopter, was Ukrainian, and people are discovering that Ukraine is great in drones and all that type of stuff. But one of the things also that really surprised me is Ukraine has not been hacked. And I'm sure there's a lot of Russians who are trying to hack the country. The systems are working, which means that the Ukrainians are better. We knew it, right? But it's good to say it. It's a feel-good thing. Let's talk about us about your vision of, uh, of what's going on in that field. I'm not sure I mentioned it before, but uh, last year I'm working a lot with uh, high technologists uh, on the battlefield. Not only with the Ukrainian ones, let's say it this way, because I'm mm -hmm. not allowed of the information that I have. <laughs> I wanted to dig deeper, like what we do have in Ukraine. Being some friends, which was working with different areas of the hardware or software innovations before the full-scale invasion, discovered that literally all of them are working in some kind of military tech company. Lots of them are even... Uh, you definitely do not know because they are in the shadow mode. What I discovered that we actually are running lots and lots of different innovative products and companies inside, mostly not public. The government is helping a lot in the way they can actually, always can be better, but this Brave One organization or Army of Drone organizations actually yes. helping those unmature companies driving their product development. And that's actually impressed me a lot. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about, uh, for example, the Army of Drone? Because uh, I don't think people who are listening to us understand what, what this project is about and who is uh, uh, leading it and uh, working on it. To say I'm very proud because people from the Army of Drone gave me a hat. So I have a really nice hat with the Army of Drone logo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a cool one. The Army Drone, that's a huge fund, non-equity mm -hmm. fund for the government, uh, which is mm -hmm. $1 billion or even a bit more. They created this fast track to get this money invested with uh, free of equity into the Ukrainian defense tech developers. Not only mm -hmm. drones, not only airborne drones. And I personally know almost all the companies who get the funding from those. Mm -hmm that boosted their manufacturing a lot. So like uh -huh. doing uh, 10, 20 drones, they are rushing to do like 100, 200 drones. So cool. 10 times. What can we do to support them, to, to, to help? So uh, they're providing money, but should we provide more money? What type of resources can we provide? How can we help? In Ukraine, because of the full-scale war, we have the unique opportunity that we have resources of each and everyone specialist in the country. Once you have some, even just a, a idea of a solution that definitely will be 
useful on the uh, battlefield. Uh-huh. You have the most professionals in each area you really need it. By combining those, you're actually creating the venture for the company which is creating defense tech products. Government helps us on the stage when we already achieved some results on the combat uh-huh. line. But there are also lots of companies on the pre-seed stage and there is no pre-seed investment investors on the market in the defense tech right now. Uh-huh. We do have enough people to advise who is actually fundable and who is uh-huh. not. It could be people from tech industry, from tech industry, from armed forces actually. So based on uh-huh. those advices, we have to support those really earn staged companies also real opportunity i can see right now and it's interesting because that has always been one of the issue in ukraine as uh the availability of uh, early stage money for the tech environment in general not only for defense tech it's it's always a, a complicated question kind of a chicken and egg question where if you don't have early stages maybe because investors don't see the early stage and 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 but we see those startup coming but actually we see them before the investors see them how can, how can we change that should we develop an angel investment culture and more in ukraine or how, how do you see that actually how did you do it with finmap in finmap we started from our own money actually uh, both of us there you uh, go. Yeah, like exactly. a lot <laughs> then we found several seed investors in Ukraine. Seed investments are very risky in any areas. Investing in the risky country on the risky stage is uh, double risky, actually. I agree. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, it is covering by the government. So they are providing those uh, things like army of drones. So, for example, currently we're working on one of the projects with uh, my team who is doing one of the drones, which I would not disclose uh, publicly right now. We already closed almost half round. Once with those money, we achieved the first battlefield results. Army Congratulations. Of... Thanks. But uh, once we do it, we can go to Army of Drones and get much more money to develop our mm-hmm. product. Second, like, plus of these kind of investments in this area, mm-hmm. on this Ukraine is that the military tech in uh-huh. the whole will be looking and Ukraine, and actually it is doing it even right now, as the main battlefield for testing any kind of uh, weapons, seeing what's actually working, what's not on the modern warfare. We have huge amount of opportunities for next MAs because uh-huh. all of those companies worldwide really interested in products which was proven by Ukrainian battlefield. So it gives us a fast track of development once we achieve the battlefield success. It's interesting, and I'm a little bit obsessed with this question on investment. I've been, and this is why I'm raising a fund, with European money from supported by the French government, by the way, because I have the feeling that the Americans see the potential and and are getting ready to invest more in Ukraine. I have a feeling that the Europeans are more, I don't know if it's suspicious, less risk taker, or don't see what you and I see, what the Americans are seeing. I'm going to give you an example. This week, it's TechCrunch in San Francisco which is a big a big uh, tech conference. 12 Ukrainian startups, it's sponsored by the US government. There's a big Ukrainian delegation coming to California. It's clear where they see the potential. Why that? How can we open the eyes of our European friends and show them what we see? How would you pitch Ukraine right now for early stage investment 
if you were to go to Paris or London or Berlin? I will try to uh, draw a picture what the war is. I believe that based on that picture, they're going to see that that's just a pre-war. It looks like the whole world is uh, trying to be ready for uh, defending. Mm -hmm. The best thing they have to do right now is to invest in their defense. And the best way mm -hmm. to do it, actually, to invest in the deep tech technologies, which is proven on the Ukrainian battlefield. Because, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, on our battlefield, lots of technologies from different parts of the world and not only from our friends. I mean, not only. Mm -hmm. So that's actually yep. the battlefield of the technologies. I'm just returned from the vacation and uh, part of it, I was allowed to be uh, abroad and uh, okay. with lots of friends, different countries, mostly European. Some of them really do not realize that this war is so close. Uh, in Poland, they are mostly understand it. In Baltic countries, yes. also, for example, Portugal. That's good that they are so far away from uh, Russia. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> those rocket missiles are too long range. As the war comes, it comes even in those areas where you do not have tanks. You just have mm -hmm. another yeah. reality for your living. It's better to be prepared and Russia is the only starting of this mess. So what I'm trying to say is that you have to invest in your defense and the best way to mm -hmm. defense your country is to invest into the real battlefield proved innovations. So what are the, the area? We mentioned the drone and, and, and everybody has been talking about the drone and how it's changing the battlefield and how it's changing the way we fight. But what are the other areas that you see where progress could come? And I'm saying it's progress. I'm not sure it is. I mean, it's, maybe it's a regression of the old humanity. But anyway, what are the biggest areas where you see improvement of the existing uh, war techniques? The war is pretty simple. It's like when you draw uh, pictures on the map. And you have to find targets as deep as you can and mm -hmm. then hit on that mm -hmm. deep as cheap as you can. Okay, but that's interesting. We... I never saw it this way, but that's okay. That's good. That's uh -huh. a super simplicity. I understand it. But uh, mm -hmm. Makes uh, sense. in the end of the day, it's like this, actually. So when we are talking about drones, why we are talking actually about drones? Because there are lots of different solutions and problems which could be solved by drones. For example, mm -hmm. with drones much more cheaper than uh, rocket missiles or artillery ammunition or even uh, mortar munitions. One of 10 drones, FPV drones, will hit the target. It still mm -hmm. will be 10 times cheaper than doing it by artillery. So mm -hmm. that's why we're talking about FPV drones, for example. Mm -hmm. Once we're talking about uh, long-range ISAR drones, we have those HIMARS systems or M270. Mm -hmm. It's like long-range ground-based missiles. Launchers. Right. They have range of uh, like what more than 100. Yeah, 160. How are you gonna find the target? You also have to have the drone which is able to right. tell you where to go. The intelligence. Then that's only the technological war in those areas. So, for example, uh -huh. radio electronic warfare for a GNSS, which is uh, like military GPS, which is uh, working against those long-range drones. Uh -huh. They have also uh -huh. electronic warfare's to shut down the telemetry channels for FPV drones. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to say that if you're starting from this basic idea that uh, you have to find target as deep as you can and uh, hit mm -hmm. it as deep as you can, as fast as you can, as 
cheap as you can, you'll see that uh, mostly drones and electronic warfare systems the most suitable for the solutions. So for example, mm -hmm. instead of rocket costs like 1 million, almost 1 million from uh, HIMARS, it depends on the other. Wow. Way cheaper to use warm-made drone, for example. Right. What are the biggest challenges? Uh, we mentioned uh, early stage access to, to I mean, funding. What are the biggest challenge according to you right now in this uh, sector in Ukraine? In my case, it's actually timing because uh, mm -hmm. we are currently doing uh, closing this round and we're rushing to do as fast results as we can because we know the real cost. We are actually working on the line and I know that like each day is uh, losses. There is no like crucial problems. Like we have engineers, mm -hmm. we have resources, we have uh, funding, have the government support, and so on. But always want to have it way faster. Struggling with the um, testing on the battlefield because they do mm -hmm. not have standard experience being on the battlefield, but they want to mm -hmm. help helping some stuff. And actually, that's how I also helping those developers. Mm -hmm. We bring them to us in provide them some partially saved areas to make the first succession mission test their solution that was some funny story that's uh some warm drones passed all the testers from the ministry of defense like did all the stuff right but once they came to the battlefield round like they, they like did way worse than even they were that's, <laughs> and why they missed that battlefield experience of what's needed in the battlefield yeah, it's actually, that's mostly about the battlefield experience. Because, uh, for example, mm -hmm. for uh, 16, 17 kilometers with the line of the visual sign. So you have to, mm -hmm. your antenna have to see the drone to make a hit. Figures out that they have to stay at least six kilometers away from the zero line on our side. Mortars mm -hmm. missile, so they have to be uh, like at least partially unsafe. Then they have only 10 kilometers from the zero line. And there were almost no areas for this kind of conditions where they are high enough to see the mm -hmm. target bottom. The terrain map, depending for their warm-made drone, was crucial. Mm -hmm. They understood, yeah. like, oh, so like only one of ten chances we're going to actually start the mission on the real battlefield zone. And they uh -huh. didn't expect this huge amount of electronic warfare. So... Mm. Uh, Actually, there even once we found them a uh, target, we found them uh, start place launch. Mm -hmm. They didn't manage the whole flight because of the too high electronic warfare. That actually was one week. Before that, uh -huh. they testing for a couple of months. Did all the stuff great, but mm -hmm. after this week, they definitely knew what. To what be. to do differently uh or very interesting i don't know if it's cool to be honest with you but i'm sure it's very interesting and, uh, and very powerful it's a tradition at the end of the show to ask what you hope for and it cannot be ukraine winning the war because we all know this is happening we don't hope for things that are reality we hope for things that are not yet reality but that should become reality what is your big hope my huge hope is what i'm working on right now that will mm -hmm. be no uh, next huge war in Ukraine or in the world. And the only thing I can do for it is to prepare defense enough. How can we help you? Engage more investors into Ukrainian defense tech. Investors, if you are listening to us, it's time to go to Ukraine. 
now. And not only the U.S. investor, please, investor from all the world, it's it's time to invest in military tech um, in Ukraine. Ivan, thank you so much. As we say in the U.S., thank you for your service. And uh, we can't wait to hear more from you on the next episode of Mayaki Novatsi. Thank you so much. Thank you.